Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Did you know that not all numbness and tingling is a sign of a stroke? In fact, a lot of times people have some troubles with pinched nerves. Sometimes this can happen in their neck, sometimes around the elbow, very often around the wrist, particularly for those of us who use a lot of computers. And these sorts of tingling symptoms could be a sign that that nerve is pretty mad at us and wants us to change our body position or change something about the route it has to take from our spinal cord to get to that area of our body. And pinch nerves hurt. If you've ever had one, you know what I'm talking about. So today, I am happy to be joined by Dr. Michael Louie. He is a neurologist with specialty training in EMG and neuromuscular disease. So we're going to be talking about some of those today. He's been here almost a decade practicing currently at Polymomy Medical Center. And thank you for joining me today at The Body Show. Great. Thanks for having me. Now, a lot of people hear neuromuscular, and they're not quite sure what that means. If we break that word down, it means nerve and muscle. How do nerves and muscles normally interact? Do muscles just know what to do, or do nerves have to tell them? So basically, the way that works is our brain tells our uh, our nerves. It sends a signal down the nerves. It's almost like sending a signal down a, w- a set of wires. And those wires connect actually to the muscle themselves. And that's actually what makes our muscles move. So in order for me to move my hand... My brain tells the nerves, which goes down to the muscles, and that's how you can move. And that's also how you feel as well. When you touch something, that sensation actually goes back up to the nerves, and then that goes to the brain, and that's how you feel. So we've got nerve impulses coming from the brain to different areas of the body, and from those areas of the body back up to the brain. You got it. So normally that should take place and the nerves like wires should conduct signals that go down a particular path. And if everything works correctly, then people have no problems with movement. They can sense if they touch a hot stove. They can move their body if they want to get away from something or, or move towards something. And all that's perfect. But we live in the realistic world and there's a lot of things that we do that sometimes cause some trouble with that whole pathway. What is a neuromuscular junction or what is a neuromuscular interaction? If you were to try and describe it for me, sort of draw me a picture in my mind, how would you do that? What are these signals that get transferred from one area to another? Sure. So basically the nerve actually doesn't actually touch the muscle itself. The neuromuscular junction is actually a, a, a kind of a space or a void in between the nerve and the muscle. So when the nerve or the wire is about to connect to that muscle, what it does is it sends a bunch of different chemicals down this neuromuscular junction. And these chemicals then attach to the muscle itself, and that releases a bunch of these chemical channels. and opens them up, and then that allows the muscle to receive kind of like almost like receiving electricity. It makes it kind of move. And that's, that's how back in, the, back in the days, maybe when you were in science class, you had to stimulate those frog legs to make it jump. That's kind of like what you're doing. You're kind of stimulating the, the nerve and getting that electricity down and getting those chemical signals down through the neuromuscular junction to make those muscles move. Now, sometimes nerves send these impulses, and they shouldn't. And maybe they're giving us a message. So when we think about this process, you know, we started up talking a little bit about when nerves get pinched or when nerves don't function the way that they should. What is it that happens? Is it where the nerve is coming out? Is it something squeezing on the nerve? What happens to make those nerves kind of mad at us and give us that signal that something's, something wrong is going on? So it could be a lot of different things. So let's talk about pinched nerves for a little bit. So if there's a pinched nerve in your lower back, 
you know, let's say. Yeah, that A lot hurts. of people complain of back pain all the time, right? So a pinched nerve means that there's something actually pinching on the nerve. So in our spines, we have basically these building blocks, like, you know, like... Um, like these Legos bones, Like way, Legos, right? exactly. Okay. And in between each of these Legos is like a little bit of jelly. And I kind of think of it almost like a little hamburger. So you got two buns, you got the hamburger. But sometimes that hamburger meat kind of bulges out a little bit out, out of that bun. And we've seen that happen when we eat hamburgers, right? So when that happens, that can actually touch on the nerves. And when that happens, that pinches on it, it pushes on it. And those nerves don't like that. The nerves actually like a lot of space. They like a lot of freedom. So if something's pinching on that, that's when we start noticing these kind of pains running down our legs, our low back pain. And that can actually happen in our arms as well if we get a pinched nerve in our neck area. Uh, pinched nerves can also happen down in the lower parts of our limbs, such as in the wrist, the hand, people who do a lot of typing, let's say. Um, if, they, if their hands start to hurt or tingle or get numbness, that could be a sign that the, there's some pinching along the wrist area where the nerve is coming along the arm. It's almost like, I kind of think of it this way. If you have a wire coming all the way down your arm and, and around the wrist area, you might have like a little piece of a blanket on top of that nerve, if that blanket is inflamed or is pushing on that nerve, uh, that can actually cause numbness and tingling going down the hand. So pinching can be various parts of the body where uh, you can get it. And even around the elbow as well, uh, people can get pinched nerves around the elbow. You probably hit your elbow around a table or armchair um, and basically felt like, ooh, that's kind of weird sensation going that down. That's a funny bone thing. That's a funny bone thing, yeah. And that could be a little bit of a pinched nerve in that elbow area as well. And the same thing can happen in our legs. So, you know, when it comes to pinched nerves, it can be really all over the place. And that's really where, uh, you know, that's what I specialize in doing. My job is to find out, you know, well, where's the pinch nerve? You know, where is along the pathway? Kind of like a medical detective in a sense, going from the toes or the fingertips all the way up to the spine into the brain. So how do you do it? How do you figure it out? So one of the things I like to do is um, there's a special tech or test called an EMG study. This is electromyography. And this is actually a very definitive way to test the nerves in the muscles. And the way that works is I place a little device on the hands or on the feet, and I send a little bit of electricity down that nerve or down that wire. And a signal travels up and down that nerve, up into the spine, all the way back to the hand or the feet. And that will tell me how fast can the signal travel. And if there's any signs of impingement or nerve damage... Uh, that signal slows down and it actually shows me some things on the EMG uh, computer that I use to try to detect that. And if I do find it, well, maybe that's where the problem is. And I search up and down. I look up the arms. I go to the lower back. Um, and the second part of the test, I actually test the muscles themselves. I use like a very fine needle. It's connected to my computer. It's pretty cool. I can actually hear the muscles actually moving and actually tell my patients the same thing. Hey, you can actually hear your muscles moving during the study. And that will basically allow me to actually listen to the muscles and listen to the nerves to hear for any signs of damage going on. It's almost like the nerves crying out for help. It's almost like it's on fire. And I can actually hear those signs when I do those testings. Okay. Now you got to tell me what it (laughs) sounds like. So I can actually, I, I can imitate it for you. So okay. basically, if there is any signs of a nerve damage, let's say I, I uh, poke one of the muscles, let's say in the, uh, in the leg, and there's some damage to that muscle or nerve, what I typically hear is this. Or I hear other different sounds, and I or I'll see things on the computer screen that looks like uh, it's almost like us, you know, when we were surfing, you see the waves. It's almost like those kind of waves on the computer screens as well. So when I see those waves and I hear those tick 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 sounds, that means there's active inflammation going on in the nerve. Uh, but when you activate the muscles, they can actually show me a specific type of wave pattern as well. So if you if you flex your muscle, that will show up on the screen. I can actually look at that muscle activity and see, hey, is there actually new damage or old damage or no damage at all? And based off of all this put together, that's how I kind of figure out what's going on. 
Now, when you do this test, you do that for a specific reason to find out where there might be damage in a nerve. So if somebody were to come to see me and say, hey, I've got some trouble in my wrist area, that could be related to carpal tunnel. It could be the wrist. It could also be coming from where that nerve starts. That might be back in the neck area. Exactly. So So we check all different types of nerves, actually. So there's a bunch of different nerves that come from our neck all the way down to our arms and are down to our legs. It's actually called the brachial plexus uh, in the arms or or a lumbosacral plexus in the legs. And basically, it's just fancy words for a bunch of wires going down the arm or down the leg. And what I do is I basically study all those nerves to make sure I'm not missing something else. Could it be a different type of nerve that's damaged? Or maybe it's multiple nerves that's damaged. You know, usually if there's multiple nerves in, let's say, the arm that's having the problem, um, that can be inflammation maybe in the shoulder area or maybe into the neck region. And that's how I try to figure those things out. Fascinating. I want to hear more about this because I think everybody at some point in their life, if they haven't yet, you're going to have some kind of a symptom that could be related to a nerve. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. Michael Louie, and we are going to come back in just a few moments and talk some more about how you treat this problem once you diagnose what's going on with the nerve and what's the next step. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Michael Louie. He is a neurology specialist practicing at Polymomi Medical Center. And right before the break, we were talking about signs that nerves are not happy. Maybe they're being pinched or compressed or compromised in some fashion. And that there are some tests that you can do to help identify what particular nerve, what might be going on with it. And now the next step is, okay, so... What do you do about it? So, for example, if you found that someone had a problem, we'll start maybe at the top. Let's say they have a pinched nerve in their neck area. What potentially could you do about it? I guess it depends on what's pinching the nerve and how do we make nerves happy again so that they don't get so inflamed. Right. So the first thing to do is not to worry because a pinched nerve in the neck is not the end of the world. It could be very mild. Uh, Sometimes it could be severe, of course, and that's where we have to try to figure things out even further, do some further investigation. Um, But a lot of times, just a little bit of physical therapy can actually be a a great treatment for patients. Uh, What they'll do is they'll stretch out the muscles, the nerves, the spine, try to loosen that area where it's pinched on in the spinal area. Now, let's say if I did an EMG or a a type of study where I tested the nerves and it basically shows signs of active nerve pinching or active inflammation going on, it seemed a little serious, Uh, what I might then do is maybe order an MRI of the cervical spine. And basically, that's a very, uh, you know, fine definition image of of the neck, of the spine, of the spinal cord, and basically looks for any signs of the pinched nerve. And if we do find it, then maybe there's a chance that, you know, someone could need a surgical type of intervention to correct it. But I will say, you know, I've been doing a lot of these, uh, you know, these pinched nerve evaluations for many, many years now. And a lot of times these things tend to go away on their own or with a little bit of physical therapy. But but again, I'm very proactive whenever I find uh, more serious conditions and then we'll refer them to maybe a a surgeon of some kind to try to see if it's fixable. Now, you mentioned it gets inflamed. Mm -hmm. Can you use things like anti-inflammatories to try and help? You could. Um, Things like ibuprofen may help, uh, but that's more of a uh, short-term course 
Usually a medication, something like Decadron or other steroids, a little bit stronger medicine may help decrease the inflammation. I kind of think about, uh, you know, like your, the forest is on fire. You got to dump a ton of water onto the forest to make that fire go away. And that's kind of the medicine I would use, these kind of stronger steroids. Uh, and that would help actually decrease some of the inflammation. But if there's really some kind of structural problem where something, and it's almost like a, a house, if it's not built correctly, you know, no matter how much you patch the roof, it's not going to really fix the, the foundation. I kind of think of it that way. If there's a structural problem in the spine itself, uh, maybe a you know surgery is needed, yeah. But that's when you seek uh, the attention of a specialist and see a neurologist or a special, you know, a neuromuscular a specialist, exactly, or neurosurgery, exactly. Yeah. But if this is not a structural issue and this is just that tightness, could temporarily taking a medication like an anti-inflammatory or a steroid, which technically is a great anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. could that help you to do more of the physical therapy that maybe you can't do because it's so painful? Oh, definitely. So then you'll be able to see more relief when you can do the therapy. Of course. So a lot of times I'll actually do exactly that. I'll prescribe either anti-inflammatories or steroid, and then that way patients can participate with uh, physical therapy. Which could be curative. Yes, it can, actually. Yeah, it takes months sometimes. A lot of people can be a little impatient. They want, you know, like a quick fix. But usually I tell patients, you know, it may take up to like six months to maybe sometimes even up to a year to fix this. Yeah. Well, in the tincture of time, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we get so excited and motivated and we want something to be fixed yesterday, or you're just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, mm-hmm. and you get a little impatient, but right. that patience can go a long way. Now, you know, what if we had this pinch nerve further down in the upper extremity or the upper arm, kind of maybe around, you mentioned carpal tunnel, the wrist area. Mm-hmm. So that might require slightly different treatment than if it was in your neck. What do we do about carpal tunnel? So carpal tunnel, I kind of like to think of it, I kind of give it on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 is the worst carpal tunnel you could have. And so by doing the nerve testing, that will show me definitively like a, a numerical value of where your carpal tunnel is. So let's say your carpal tunnel maybe is like a, between a 1 and a 3, and 10 is the worst, let's say. A 1 and a 3, maybe like a wrist brace or maybe just like, you know, uh, just repositioning your, your hands during, you know, at work or at home, uh, maybe getting like a gel pad or some kind of padding for your computer keyboard to help straighten out the wrist. Um, those kind of things can actually help uh, reduce the carpal tunnel and make it better pretty within months, actually. Uh, if it's a little bit worse, actually, let's say the carpal tunnel is around like a four to the six range, then I start to go, well, maybe we need to consider you know other options. And if it's really inflamed, then uh, a hand surgeon probably would be the, the person I would refer a patient to. And that's the person that would basically uh, evaluate the wrist and see if uh, they need to release the nerve. And there's a, like a little blanket on top of that wire or nerve. And if they basically kind of snip it, they can loosen the nerve and decrease inflammation. But same thing in carpal tunnel, sometimes a little bit of anti-inflammatory medicines uh, or even steroids can help as well. And if it's a condition that I'm not too sure about, maybe I'll even image the wrist and take a look at the nerve itself to see if it's actually inflamed or to see if something's you know actually pinching on it. Now, we've talked about the use of steroids as maybe tablets. Do we ever do injections of steroids to these areas where the nerve is inflamed? Definitely, yeah. In the wrist area, uh, people do do injections, localized injections of steroids. Um, They can do that in the neck, actually, as well. And that's sometimes an option before surgery. Um, And uh, some people find it helpful. Some people don't. It really all depends on the person, but it is an option as well. Is it something you can repeat multiple times or is there a point at which you've had enough injections of steroid into the spine that you either need to stop doing that because there's a danger to it or at this point you need surgery? Is there ever is, – is too much ever just, just too much? 
Definitely. If let's say you do an injection one time and it you know cures the symptoms or you feel so much better, then yeah, great. Um, but some of my patients they've tried it you know two, three times and maybe even a fourth time and it hasn't really helped at all. Especially after the second or third time, then I'd say you know what if this hasn't helped, the, you know let's say don't give, keep doing it. Don't keep doing it. Yeah, it's just you know it's it's not probably not going to get better after the first or second try. Uh, and then typically that's when I start thinking about uh, surgical options if needed. Yeah. Now, what if the injections do help? But it's temporary. We talked a little bit about the fact that sometimes, you know, anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen could be temporary relief. They don't provide long-term relief. What if the injections do provide relief but only for a week or two or maybe a month or two? Do you just keep getting these injections until what happens? What changes? It really just depends on the patients. I mean, injecting uh, steroids into the muscles and nerves probably isn't the best thing repeatedly either. You know, I, for me, typically, I kind of wait at like a, at least two to three months before I do another type of injection. But if those, you know, pain medicines aren't, if the steroid really isn't lasting that long, then we have to look at other options. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of patients are a little reluctant to consider surgery. Uh, but my recommendation is, you know, we don't want this carpal tunnel, let's say, to go from a level two or a level five up to a level 10, you know, because by then it may be irreversible. And, and a little surgery, you know, that's really actually pretty minimally invasive can be very helpful, actually. Now, let's talk about the low back. You've alluded to a lot of people getting low back pain over time. And, you know, I've, I've read studies that say, what is it? 75% of people have back pain at some point in their lifetime, and that's a long time. I mean, that could be anywhere up to 80 years or so, if not beyond. But the low back is another area where you can get pinching of nerves, and that can also lead to pain that goes down your leg or goes you know, up towards your buttock area. And that can also be a sign that maybe there's that structural issue going on in your back, maybe that slip disc. I liked the analogy of the hamburger you talked about. Things can pinch on that area as well. And since body weight and the core and a lot of the abdominal weight has a direct impact on your back, sometimes it's really difficult to be able to physically be able to handle some of those symptoms while trying to do physical therapy and things. What are some of the things that can cause nerve pinching in the back and, and how do we treat those? It's actually very similar to what we described with the hamburger uh, bun uh, and the meat kind of sticking out. If, if there's a little bit of a, and the, again, the the meat itself would be the like a disc, this little gel disc in between two bones. If that's bulging out, that can hit on a, a nerve as well in the lower back. In the legs, it's also a little different too. You know, we have these nerves that go behind our buttocks area, and uh, a lot of patients complain of kind of a pain down the leg from their buttocks down you know, to the back of their uh, thigh or to the back of their calf area down to the feet. And this can actually be what's called sciatica. You know, sciatica is inflammation to the nerve of the sciatic nerve, actually. And this is a nerve that goes, um, you know, behind our buttocks area, down our leg, in the back of the leg area. So if there's any type of inflammation or compression, uh, that can cause these kind of symptoms. And that's different than the structural issues that we're dealing with with the lower spine area or with the low back pain. So uh, in those particular type of situations, it's a different type of treatment. And a lot of times it can also be, again, physical therapy, steroids, a little bit of uh, anti-inflammatory medications. Yeah. Eventually, a lot of people with that condition will get better. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. yes. But if the problem is structural, if, if the issue is that there's something serious going on in their back, maybe the disc has disintegrated or arthritis has caused the spine to cause some troubles, then potentially that too might require surgery? 
Yes, good, definitely. So a lot of times uh, I'll have patients get evaluated. If I think it's serious enough, I will request for an MRI of the lumbar spine just to see what's going on back there because you you just never know. I mean, not to scare you know our patients, but it, you know you never know what what could be pinching on the nerve. Sometimes on the rare, rare, super rare case, what if it's like a, t- a tumor? Or what if it's a cyst, like a little type of like a water balloon that's back there that's kind of pinching on the nerve? It could be a lot of different things. So those those are things I really want to just rule out. And I also order those studies just to comfort patients as well to show them, hey, look, it looks good. You know, it looks good back there. Nothing, nothing's pinching on it, maybe. And that's more, even more reason to do, let's say, physical therapy or something else. Yeah. Always reassuring to know that there's <laughs> nothing major mm-hmm. that you have to worry about. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We're listening to Dr. Michael Louie explain radiculopathy. That's what we call those pinched nerves when they just don't seem to be doing what we want them to, or maybe they're telling us that we're not doing something we should be doing. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about some of the treatments and some of the best ways to keep all the nerves and hopefully muscles of your body as healthy as possible. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, Moyer Financial, and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Michael Louie. He is a neurology specialist practicing at Polymomi Medical Center. And thus far, we've been talking a little bit about what happens to nerves when they get pinched up in the neck area, sometimes in the wrist area. We've talked a little bit about the low back and some of the potential treatments for that. A lot of people have low back pain physical therapy is not just meant to make the pain go away, but actually to strengthen the body so that they don't have potentially another injury. Mm-hmm. Does the mechanism of how someone gets the back pain often tell us a little bit about what caused it? D- definitely. If if the back, you know, back pain is, I've been doing this for many years now, and, you know, back pain may not just be a pinched nerve. You know, we've been talking about that through this, you know, this uh, session, but back pain can be the muscle. You know, there could be muscle inflammation, muscle contraction. If someone lifted a heavy box and their muscle gets tight, uh, a lot of times that's what really is causing that low back pain. It may not be a pinched nerve. And so there are ways to study the lower back. And with the EMG study that I do, basically I can actually take a little pin and actually go into the muscle in the lower back and listen to the muscle to see how healthy it sounds. And if it is damaged, I can actually hear sounds. I can indicate, hey, there's something going on with the nerves or muscles. But a lot of times really it's the muscle inflammation and contraction that's causing the low back pain. But, uh, and that can really tell me exactly <clears throat> why they got had in the first place. Yeah. Now, when we, when we talk about some of these structural anatomical issues, there might be some other things that could be causing damage to the nerves. Are there certain vitamins or certain deficiencies or maybe even certain exposures that could also potentially affect nerves and their ability to function? Def- <clears throat> definitely. Uh, nerves are very sensitive to vitamin deficiencies, especially to diabetes. And, you know, a lot, a lot of our patient population have diabetes, unfortunately. And diabetes basically means it's an elevated sugar level in our, in our, in our bodies and our bloodstream. And it's, I almost think of it like a toxic, you know, soup that's like, you know, in our bodies. And, and the nerves just don't like that. It's, I kind of think of the nerves like, kind of like spaghetti noodles. You know, if you take a piece of noodle and you put it into a pot of like toxic, you know, uh, water, it's not going to be happy in there, right? You want a nice, clean water. And so I kind of think of our bodies that way as well. When people have diabetes, unfortunately, the the sugar levels go up, and that basically causes some havoc with the nerves. So 
diabetes can definitely play a factor. Uh, different vitamins as well. There's certain vitamins that can be deficient, like vitamin B12, uh, even vitamin B6 that can, you know, the nerves aren't happy with that. They need those kind of vitamins to function, uh, to work properly. But there are also some vitamins too, like especially vitamin B6. On the other hand, if you have too much vitamin B6, that can actually cause nerve damage. So really what we want to do is have a you know, nice... Uh, balanced vitamin levels in our body. We never want too much or too little. A lot of my patients, you know, they'll take lots and lots of vitamins, take GNC, take this, take that. And I always tell them to be a little bit cautious. You don't want to overdo it either. Most vitamins are very safe for you. But again, that's why you go see the specialist or go see the doctors to find out, hey, is what I'm taking appropriate for my health? Uh, but definitely vitamins can play a big factor. Yeah. Well, and then maybe some metal exposures. I know mm. that there are concerns for, boy, areas of you know Flint, Michigan, or now mm-hmm. Newark, New Jersey, lots of lead in the water. So mm-hmm. there could be other sorts of things that affect that particular muscle functioning or actually nerve functioning because of, like you mentioned, that toxic soup, some other sort of exposure to something that could affect that nerve. But probably far more likely would be the condition of sugar, diabetes, and blood flow issues, making sure the muscles are healthy, the nerves are healthy. What are the best ways to keep those things intact. How can we make sure that we're doing what's right for our body, for the muscles, for the nerves, for the nervous system? Is it is it general healthy diet? Is it physical activity? Is it a combination of all of that? I think it's a combination of things. I never like to think of only one thing helping our bodies, right? It's always a combination of exercise, uh, eating healthy. And eating healthy, and what, what really does that mean? It's, it's It really means that you have to I would focus more on like, you know, lean uh, meats, you know, a lot of green leafy vegetables. And if you just and stay away from all the fatty foods, the high cholesterol foods. But Those they are, taste so good. They taste so good. I know. I love them, too. You know, everything in moderation. Right. And, you know, I, I, I eat a, I like to eat a bag of chips sometimes, you know, but if I do that every single day and probably I don't not tr- so probably good. not yeah. the best thing for my body. But, you know, once in a while, in my opinion, life is too short. You know, you have to have a little bit of enjoyment. So I always tell my patients, you know, a little bit's OK. Everything in moderation. But for the most most part of your diet on the you know weekly basis, try to eat a little bit healthier. At least put some more vegetables into your diet. And if you aren't able to get that, you know at least take a multivitamin a day, and that will keep your body kind of nice and even uh, without overdoing things. And if you do eat a lot of healthy greens, maybe you don't have to overdose on all the vitamins. We mm-hmm. see a lot of people who take, you know, I'll see people come in with hmm, four or five, six bottles of specific vitamins and. You know, you kind of have to wonder if they're eating really healthy foods, they're probably getting what their body needs, Mm -hmm. the nutrients that help to nourish not just the nerves, not just the muscles, but the whole body in general. Exactly. Yeah. And I I have the same thing. I have a lot of patients who come in with this gigantic grocery bag of various vitamins and you know, really well-intentioned. Well-intentioned. They really want to try and help themselves. (laughs) Definitely. You know, I, I, I basically feel that most of our vitamins can be obtained just by eating our foods. You know, a lot of our just regular diet that we eat on a daily basis, we usually get enough vitamins. We technically don't need all these additional supplements. And if you really feel like you want to do something, just one multivitamin a day is perfectly fine. There just hasn't been, you know, I've been looking into this for years now. There really haven't been a whole lot of studies showing any major significant benefit to our nerves by taking more and more vitamins. If anything, sometimes it could actually cause more damage, right, if you're taking too much of a particular vitamin. So again, everything in moderation. If you do have questions about, you know, what vitamins you should or shouldn't be taking, oh, you can talk to your doctor, see, get their opinion and see what they think. And if you do have some of those symptoms, like we've talked about, the tingling or numbness of the hands, if you're doing a lot of computer work, or if you've noticed that you're having sort of symptoms that wake you up at night or give you some troubles throughout the, throughout the day, 
that's a sign, hey, you know, those nerves are telling you something. They're telling you to change your body position or something that you're doing. So that's the nerve signal to say, pay attention to me. I want some different behavior here. Exactly. Yeah. And that's actually an early, typically, hopefully, an early sign of something that's going on. And you don't want to wait on that because, again, it's just like the scale I gave earlier with the carpal tunnel being a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst. You don't want that level to rise gradually over the years, little by little, until it's too late. You really want to catch these early on. So if you do have a numbness tingling in the feet and the hands, you know, talk to your family doctor, talk to your internist, uh, talk to your specialist and see what they think. And, you know, maybe you should get it checked out. And at least the least you can do is get some answers and get some reassurance. And also be open to physical therapy Mm -hmm. and being patient. Two things that seem like they recurrently can help people with getting over some of these conditions and helping them to help their body to function better. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. Dr. Michael Louie is a neurologist with a specialty in neuromuscular disorders, and he is currently practicing at Polymomy Medical Center. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org and follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We are happy to be able to bring you great medical information and hopefully help you to find topics that you can bring up at your next medical visit with your own primary care provider. We will see you right here next week, every Monday on The Body Show.